Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Freeman Art Company podcast. Today, we have Adrian Bermeo. He's a Latinx visual artist born and based in New York City with a background in graphic design and graffiti. While reflecting hip-hop and Caribbean cultures, the artist's abstract and still-life paintings are charged with an intuitive process of splashed colors, paint drips, aerosol, and organic materials such as coffee grounds mixed into pigments, creating raw textures. Adrian is very entrepreneurial-minded, putting together pop-up shows for other artists in Queens and other boroughs of New York City. Without further ado, let's get started. I guess the first good question is uh when I guess when did you start painting? When did you when did you start getting into art? Um so I I was always creating art. I think uh as as children we always start with that and and uh using expressing our creative side, but I just never stopped. So um I I always say that, you know, I started in graffiti when I was in my mid to late teens. And then uh, graffiti kind of propelled me into wanting to start painting by myself for myself. Mm-hmm. And then once I started doing canvases, then I wanted to get more involved uh, just with art collectives or something in galleries. I, I didn't know where yet. And um, and I want to say in 2016, maybe 2015, I uh, I joined an art collective in uh, Lower East Side. At that time, it was called Con Artist Collective. And I was happy to join them because uh, it was a shared studio space. And that really got me started into really taking myself more seriously, interacting with others, learning, you know, just how to navigate that world. But I've I've been painting all my life. But I will say, you know, as far as displaying my work or in public, you know, 2015 2014 around that time and it's obviously gone pretty well what what you said you know being around other people really helped your career so can you highlight kind of what that looked like yeah so um i always recommend for artists that you know uh to not to not be stuck in their in their headspace and their studio space alone because it's it's good to uh bounce ideas or even hear ideas that you don't agree with. It's just good to interact with people like that because um, I enjoyed my experience since everyone around me had completely different styles of art. It wasn't, uh, nobody was parallel to me in that sense. Everybody was doing their own creative thing, whether it was sculpture or specific types of paintings or drawings or digital stuff. Um, It was a lot of beautiful different styles. And, you know, that's uh, I'm not sure if that's hard to find, but I do think that it's good to be around like minded people, but not the same exact uh, styles just to get different perspective. Photographers, all these things. I, I, I enjoy talking to people that are not really in my quote unquote field, which is kind of abstract expressionism. Um, but uh, just to get different perspectives. But I, I just think that it's a. Uh, it's good to be around different people. Sometimes, you know, you got to hear things that you don't want to hear. Sometimes you you need to take it with a grain of salt. Maybe somebody makes a statement or a claim, but there is some truth in it. There's always a little bit of truth in it. So it's just good to have 
conversations about your work and get used to talking about your work. I think that's that's what I benefited most. And I think everybody should should do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Getting used to getting comfortable with people criticizing or having comments about it and kind of finding a way to separate. That makes sense. Where, did you pick up on a lot of different techniques or was it mainly just conversations? Um, I wouldn't say techniques. I think uh, I think it's just nice to to hear somebody's opinion of your work, even if they're not artists, because again, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, one big thing that I uh, was struggling with in the beginning when I started showing my work just to to the public or to people um, was that I kept getting compared to specific artists. And it was annoying me because I was trying so hard to not look like blank, you know? And, uh, and I was trying so hard to not look like someone else that I wasn't really exploring or, you know, fully exercising my right to paint, I guess. So once I stopped caring about what people thought about my work or how they were comparing my work, that's when I started advancing or growing more. So I think it's more mental. I don't, I wouldn't say it's technique because you can learn all the technique in the world. And again, if you haven't shown your work to anyone, you don't know how to function or you don't know how to, you know, take, take compliments or take criticism politely. And, you know, it's, uh, it's really just um, putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after, are you still with the, this, this gallery? It is collecting no. Okay. Yeah, no. Um it uh it, it was running for many years even before my time. And then uh I, I wanna say a little right before or during the pandemic, it really kind of shut down. It uh you know, it went through new ownership. Uh the band split up, that's what I always say. But we all stay in contact because we're in New York, we're all doing shows and you know, I think just finding a collective of like minded people, no matter where people are in their lives it's just good because we all go to each other's shows support each other's art shows collaborate that's that's the biggest uh gift in my opinion and uh oh yeah when did you when did you decide that you wanted to turn this into like a living you know i'm did you join the collective thinking like oh, i'm gonna make money on this or did you join thinking i'm passionate about art let me just do this and see what happens um, it was both <laughs> because I, I always, uh, I always tried to have a nine to five. And for many years, um, you know, I, I didn't go to school for art. I, I went, I ended up switching my major very, very quickly to uh, hospitality. So for, I want to say six to seven years, I, I've been working at, in hotels, like front desk. So that was always my, my side job or my, you know, my cushion. And then when the pandemic happened, I was still working, thankfully, but I was uh, I had a lot of free time and I started just brushing up on all things art related for me. If I wanted to get better at social media, I, I looked it up. If I wanted to maybe YouTube some techniques, if I wanted to learn better at, at uh, anatomy, I, I was doing that. So everything that I said I didn't have time for, I now had time in 2020 and I didn't want to look back. And telling myself like, "Whoa, I I wasted my time during that that huge horrible block." So it was the good thing about the pandemic and all the things that were happening was that I I got the nerve to uh, 
to, yeah, to leave my job in the beginning of 2021. And I've been full-time ever since. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. It's funny hearing people talk about, I mean, I guess some people, I'm I'm in Texas and I was in Colorado actually for the pandemic. So still pretty relaxed state. Um, But yeah, I was kind of amazed all the people that were just like watching TV nonstop during the pandemic. I was like, dude, we should be, this is an ample opportunity to like do all the things that we said we would do. And clearly being healthy is, you know, pretty scientifically sound uh, out of all mm-hmm. this science talk we're hearing, eating right. And, so, and just hearing some people like gaining weight during COVID and all that. And just like, how in the world, like you had all the time in the world to align like who you are spiritually. I don't know. I, some people took it like that. Other people didn't. So it's nice to see that that was kind of your, your perspective, your angle. Take advantage yeah, of no, that thank you. free time, yeah. basically. It's insane. I think we, I think we should, you know, and, and, you know, we don't have to, to wait for a, a huge, you know, world catastrophe to do that. Um, you know, if you, some people are more regimen and they, they, some, I know some artists that say, oh, I need to draw or paint, you know, two hours a day, every day, you know, for myself. And that's, that's fine. You know, that's, that's what, that's what works for some people. But I just think that, you know, the time that you spend on your phone or watching this or that, or, you know, you could, you could be uh, enriching yourself and watching 100%. TED Talks or, I, I, yeah, yeah, I kept calling it YouTube University. I watched yeah. so much YouTube during the pandemic. I still do now. Like, it's my favorite. I listen to Spotify. It's always not going on. I love Spotify and I've been listening to a lot more podcasts. And then in uh, uh, YouTube, I, if I had to pick one thing forever for entertainment or TV or whatever. It's YouTube premium. I mean, you pay like 10 bucks a month or so and there's zero ads and you have just mm-hmm. the, uh, 10 times better than the Alexander library or whatever, you know, way back in the day. I mean, it is all the world knowledge in one place. It's the best place in the world. And I still underutilize it, you know? Um, yeah, I love YouTube. And yeah, it's just that opportunity cost, that regret minimization framework and everything worthwhile, everything that we really like, we feel better on the other end of it, you know? It's never the same going mm-hmm. in. But uh, yeah, whenever people can hack into that, I think, you know, that discipline's fun. It's like once you get started, especially if you're passionate for it, you forget that you're like forcing yourself to do work, you know, and even whenever you are kind of forcing yourself to do work, because you'd rather scroll through Instagram, looking at a bunch of stupid crap, or you can watch a 45 minute video on YouTube about technique. You know, even if you're passionate about painting, you still might want to do the easier thing. And it comes back to the marshmallow test that we've all heard about. It's the same things. You got to deny the gratification and put in a little bit of work and then you get, you get way more at the end of it. So uh, that's that's impressive. I love hearing that. Thank so, you, so, yeah. But I haven't I haven't heard the marshmallow technique. What do you mean by that? Oh uh, yeah. So basically, uh, there's a study. Um, it's like a psychological thing with these kids. They had sat them down and said, "Hey, here's a marshmallow. Now, whenever we hit the little buzzer, or whenever I leave the room, you got to sit here for like five, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever it was, and with the marshmallow sitting right in front of them, you have to stay in your chair." And you don't have to look at the marshmallow or anything, but you just have to sit in the chair and the marshmallow is right there. And if you eat it, you get a marshmallow, right? But if you can hold off for the 10 minutes, 15 minutes until I come back, then we'll give you two marshmallows. And so basically, do you eat the one marshmallow now or do you just chill out another 15 minutes and get two marshmallows? 
And I can tell you, I more than likely would have been the marshmallow eater. I didn't wasn't even a big marshmallow fan, but I was like, ah, marshmallow. Like, I don't even care about marshmallows that much. <laughs> so maybe something a little bit more meaningful to each person. But yeah, as adults, it's it's different. It's like, how much can you delay looking at Instagram now? Instead, work on your stuff so that you're done with your stuff and you can just chill out later, right? It's like, how much are you, you want to smoke a joint in the morning? Well, you're probably not going to be super productive all day. But if you just forget about it and be productive and get your work done, then you can go smoke a joint and have a drink with your friends, you know, at night. And it's just that type of thing where it's like, how much how much are you willing to put in the work right now so that you know for certain that you're done later? And it's really, I don't know, whenever I think of that, again, anytime I'm trying to do anything for the startups or just for my day job, but yeah, the more disciplined and focused I am and intent I have in all my behaviors and thoughts, the more I get to recoup later, you know, instead of having to keep on working because I half-assed it earlier. Yeah, the lazy man always works twice type of mentality. Mm, no, I, I believe it. Yeah, that I I also, aside from, from just uh, watching talks, I do like watching interviews on YouTube. And sometimes I'll watch interviews of, CEOs or people that are that are you know way more disciplined or doing things that are more efficient and it was one of one of the main guys on Shark Tank was saying that uh you know he was just explaining his uh his day-to-day routine but the biggest one that I got was that he said I always answer all my emails before 12 p.m. after that that's it I'm doing all my other stuff and I'm I'm moving around or I'm I'm you know physically going places but when i wake up i'm I'm home and i i answer all my emails by 12 and yeah, i, like I try to do that and that's a good habit to have so that you're not scrambling or over time people will realize like oh this guy's answers his emails in the morning no matter what time they they email exactly. me, you know yeah no exactly and it just comes down to have yeah having your your slots of time because people can just hit you up whenever and you have to answer, you feel like you do. It's just, it adds stress and it distracts you from whatever you're doing in the moment. And I like that mentality. Like, I'm not, it's funny listening to the CEOs talk about like, oh, I wake up at 4 a.m. Like, screw that. I wake up at like 8, maybe 7.30. But get yeah. up, stretch, get some water in my body, look at the emails, uh, get everything planned for the day. But then the second half of the day, especially extroverted person, it's like, I got to get out of the house. I love, I want, mm-hmm. and moving into the future. Yeah. I think it's beautiful to, yes. If, if it could, if I could have it my way, and I'm sure a lot of other people, it's just like that in the morning, it's much more like calm communication online, cleaning everything, tidying. And then second half of the day, socializing, going to the shows, you're meeting people, you're networking, you're making cool stuff, you're being creative. It's, it's a cool mm-hmm. little way to spend the day. Yeah. And a good segue to that is uh, another huge thing that I recommend is networking by going to art shows. There's a there's a lot of awesome artists out there in New York or anywhere else that, you know, you can be plugging in or tapping in or meeting lifelong friends just by going to a gallery opening. And I think that maybe some people worry about how to navigate that or they, they think that they don't belong or something like that. and I'm here to tell you that's all bullshit. And, you know, the 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 artists are there to support artists or, you know, if you're if you're at a museum, all these people that have been dead for hundreds of years, they they want you to be there. Right. So um, I really recommend for people who, who don't often go to shows to try to 
pull yourself out and just, you know, start interacting or going and, you know, go with a friend or go, go with a family member or somebody. And then over time, you're going to start getting a good groove and, and you realize like, oh, you know, this gallery always has a show every month or something like that. Or, you know, and for, for years before the pandemic, uh, Thursday was the gallery night in, in Manhattan. Um, I think just throughout the five boroughs, but definitely Manhattan, Chelsea area. You could just go out on a Thursday between six to eight and you could hit like, you know, eight to 10 galleries easily and just hop around and you bump into people. That was that was a good time. What day is it now? Every day. <laughs> it's, it's just random. Yeah, um, it's not, a, you know, I think Thursday is still a, a proper gallery night i guess but i i think that you know people work so i i personally like to do shows on a friday or saturday or sunday you know just i love possible yeah yeah i love a friday i mean a thursday gallery show because it's still in the week but it's like the weekend version of like this pretty much the last like true right night it's it's the pregame little yeah exactly it kind of gets you ready and then maybe like a daytime uh event on like a saturday or something so you've met a lot of people i'm guessing through that it's been it's it's helped your networking and and just kind of spreading out your your name to doing the hopping around i think so I, i you know a word that gets thrown around a lot is exposure and you know it's it's cliche but it's true exposure doesn't pay the bills you know and and i uh I'm never trying to look for exposure. I just want to work with people that I, that I like, that I can get along with that are respectful. And um, sometimes you don't find that in the art world or just in business, let's say. So, uh, so I, I really gravitate or I, I stick with artists and like-minded people, like I said, that are aligned with what I want to do. And obviously, you know, you want to be around people that are doing better than you are. you, you can't be the smartest person in the room. It's not good to do that. You should you should be with with uh, other artists or people in your field that are already a bit more advanced or doing something. And, and some of them are willing to mentor or help because they they remember or they know when they were in your place or your position. Right. So I think I think that uh you know uh humans will be human and uh, and people will reach out and help and you got to take those opportunities. But you'll never you'll never have those conversations or meet these random people if you don't go to shows, if you don't uh, interact and talk with with other artists. And again, you're you're going to learn as you go. You're not going to like everybody you meet. Like, I'm not saying that it's all rainbows, but it's just good to do that because you will. I think you'll just grow as an artist um, by going 100%. to shows and seeing seeing what people are doing, how they're doing it. I I get my my. Uh, you know, not not just motivation, but I get ideas from like going to museums and other shows to say, oh, okay, this they displayed it this way instead of that way. Oh, I, I'm not a fan of this. I would have done it different, but that's all internal. You know, that, that's that's for you. Yeah, yeah. It's I like that you're saying this because uh, it's like being a comedian uh, trying to do stand up and not going to places with other comedians. Like, how do you succeed whenever? Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all are colleagues at the end of the day, and y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all are independent, like solo entrepreneurs, but y'all are still in the same industry and y'all got to fight for each other and you know, help each other and lift each other up because the quality that you present adds to the summation, like the average of the quality overall. So if you can boost other people and create a strong network and, you know, like you said, show respect to one another, which sounds so cliche, but yeah, there's just some 
dicks that you could tell it's like they're uncomfortable they feel threatened mm-hmm. they might have used some type of you know they might be tired or whatever and they're just kind of like eh, type of people that i mean they come up and but yeah you got to get out there it's a numbers game just like anything and meet people that are like-minded to this right degree at least and y'all can form a little powwow which is something that you've been doing right you've been you've been creating shows like your own pop-up shows with other artists right yeah no no and uh and i one thing that i i do say especially when i meet new artists or, or when i'm just talking to to friends is that you know there's there's no need for competition there's enough for everybody again no matter what field i feel like what we're talking about can apply to a lot of different creative fields or just places of work and i i don't like the the shark or doggy dog mentality, you know, I'm, I, I think that we should all, if everybody supported each other, then yeah, like you said, we, we level up. So, um, for me, I, I'm fortunate enough to, again, meet all these wonderful people through my artist community and going to shows and, and, uh, and I had, um, I had a friend of mine, he was, uh, I guess, a studio member from this previous collective I mentioned. And, he did an awesome sticker show, Ohio Mike. And uh, and it was great because he just invited and had so many different artists come together. And it was it was almost like a reunion. It was it was a big uh, it was a big deal for us because we all just came came out of the woodwork and it was it was free sticker madness. It was great. Um, and, you know, we're talking about New York. So it's like graffiti and street art and all this, all this, all these, you know, different levels of of a. Uh, professions but it was great we had a good time and that uh that kind of uh inspired me to try to create or curate my own show and then um i want to say yeah it was it was march of 2022 so basically like a year from now a year ago um i i curated my first show i had a a nice handful of artists and then i just kept rolling with that and every time Every time I did a show, I told myself, I want to make it different than the last one. I I, I want to work with new artists, at least uh, uh, one or two new people every time. I don't want to be working with the same people every time. And uh, and I want to grow my contact list. So I was so every time I do a show, I I have the RSVPs on Eventbrite and I connect that with MailChimp. So through MailChimp, I'm collecting all the emails that people are, are going using through Eventbrite. And then when my next show happens through MailChimp, I send an email blast. So this is compounding. Every time I do a show, I get at least 100 new emails. And then it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling to the point where now my, my list is, is pretty chunky. And when I send the email, I can see all the insights and I can see how many people open the email, how many people click that that rsvp mm-hmm. button so it's it's a uh, it's good it's it's a uh, it's not a gratification thing it's it just it lets me know that i'm i'm doing the right thing for me and for me yeah, emails are, cool. are working yeah yeah so i do, i do, do you, recommend that do you a b test like do you ever send out two different forms to half half the customers one type where rsvp is at the top and then another email where it's at the bottom and so you can kind of see oh this one has a 20 percent higher click through what well I, I did in the beginning, but I, I realized for me, uh, a time, the time that I send out emails is around between three and 4 PM. But what I normally do is 
uh, at least through MailChimp, when you send the emails, it lets you know the percentage of people that didn't open in your contact list. So you can uh, you can resend to those who did not open. And that's what I do. Nice. That's smart. Really yeah. So, so let's say 40%, you know, let's say I have a hundred emails and only 40 people opened that's 60 people that did not open my email. So I, I hit that, you know, a day or two later, I, I send, uh, you know, send to the non openers and now another 40% opened or, so, you know what I mean? So, so right. it's, it's, uh, that's, that's what I've been doing. There's a lot of different strategies. Again, you can go on a black hole on YouTube and, and, uh, and learn all those things. But these, these were things that I, uh, I was learning during the pandemic or trying to to be better at. That's awesome. So when's your next show? Um, I got a few, um, but I, I'm going to be a part of one on 420. And it's uh, uh, curated by Sax Six, which is a, a well-known street artist out here. And he, uh, he's been curating shows uh, in Lower East Side. And it's everybody's just going to do artwork on, on a blank uh skateboard decks so it's just going to be wall-to-wall skateboard decks um so i'm excited for that one and but then the following day uh i'm involved in a show with another artist friend ian cinco and both of us did a collaboration show where every piece we both worked on so uh this we're gonna have this up for two weeks in dumbo so i'm happy because i i don't think i've ever shown work in a in Dumbo, Brooklyn. So um, it's going to be a good time. So those are two back-to-back shows. And then May 20, sorry, May 12th, I have a solo show opening in Long Island City, Queens. That's awesome. Do you ever, do you ever go, um, uh, put the Zoom. All right, we got 10 minutes for, we got to hop off and hop back on. Still okay. have the free, free version, of course. That's all. Good. Um, yeah, I mean, do you ever go to any place outside of the New York City, like five boroughs or Long Island? I would. I would like to. I so early on, I was very, um, you know, blissfully naive, and I would just walk up to galleries and ask, like, "Hey, how can I show here?" And I would get crazy shade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're like who are you blah 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 you know um but now i'm a, i'm a little better at my approach or i kind of feel the room and uh especially when i'm visiting a, a city that that i like this gallery i'll at, at the very least take their card or take down their email and reach out to them sometime in the future you know i, I could be better at that but that's something that i try to do um but it's one thing i will recommend is that it it doesn't serve you well if you reach out to a gallery or any space for that matter and you don't already have your idea or a a, a good amount of work to show it's not good to uh to reach out to a gallery because they might say oh yeah sure what's up send me a proposal and now you're scrambling what, what does that mean so so uh you should be prepared before you start uh reaching out to um different places and uh I'm trying to think the farthest I've ever shown outside of New York. I uh, I don't know. Damn, I think I think most of my well, Jersey City, that's where Puerto I Rico. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, so I'm always open. Like I I would love to show in you know 
Tokyo, Barcelona, Brazil, yeah. I, I'm down. Like I, I want to, I want to expand more and, and meet, meet more people. And right now visiting Puerto Rico with different mindset, I've been meeting a lot of wonderful artists uh, through my partner and, and hopefully I get to be a part of a show or even curate a show out there. Cause there's, there's a lot of talent in Puerto Rico. Do you speak Spanish? See, sí, claro que sí. I could be better yeah. at it, but but uh, yeah. I, get, I get by. Did you were you speaking it growing up? No, that's Go the home. issue. I <laughs> uh, see. Yeah, but but uh, but both my parents are Latino, so you know I always grew up with it in my I life, see. and all my life I, I I've been going to Puerto Rico, so yeah. Um, yeah, I love Spanish. Uh, okay, so you have <clears throat> a good bit of social media followers, and you're saying. Maybe you haven't shown abroad or shown uh, like in a gallery somewhere, but um, like, what does it look like in terms of kind of getting clients through social media and kind of how do you play the Instagram game? Right. So it is a game. That's the that's a good word for it because uh, one thing, a negative thing that I'll say just to get the negative side off off the bat is that um, Instagram or other social media platforms they're always changing their algorithms. There's always going to be a new trend. There's always going to be a new gimmick, right? So I was, during the pandemic, I was trying to be up to date or, or stay up on these things. And it was working for me. And I, and I started getting a good amount of likes and, and you know, interactions and all this stuff. Then things changed. And I quickly realized that, oh, this is a never-ending game that, you know, I'm constantly going to be chasing trends if I only focus on Instagram. But that being said, Instagram does work for me. That's the only social media that I use. Uh, and my Instagram is only about my art. You know, I don't, I don't really, I don't post about daily stuff unless it's like on my story, if I want to share stuff. And, uh, and I do like it because many people's uh, interaction with art or with people is, Hey, what's your Instagram? Or let me, let me check out this person's Instagram. It's not really going on my website they want to know what's my instagram so it's it's it, it is good to have i know some artists that do not have instagram and i think that that's uh you're missing out because it's just good to either see what other people are doing or have just another form of communication that you know uh it's not just email um it's more visual you know and and uh and sometimes you know I share something or I post about a new painting or some new pieces that I have available and somebody will reach out and say, Hey, how much, or I like that, whatever. And then we, we start talking through, um, through messaging. So, uh, so it is, you know, it doesn't happen as much as I'd like to. Um, I'm always open to do commissions and sometimes I get people that reach out for that, but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm always available on Instagram, which is Bermeo NYC just throwing that out there yeah we'll have a link on it i'll be posting this on linkedin i mean on on instagram cool. uh yeah i love instagram i don't um i don't see how someone like not have an instagram even just socially like uh it's so great for curated like you get to pick your own accounts obviously and you know you get to see so many things that you otherwise wouldn't have seen uh so i have one i just follow a bunch of artists on the art account and um it's pretty cool uh, just seeing, especially all the technique videos that people have, uh, pretty impressive with some of the creation. But my biggest thing is just seeing that that's 
pretty much the first step to getting to some website to look at their shop, you know, is to see, oh, I like this person's Instagram. They have a good personality. Oh, I like that they, you know, surf or that they do whatever. And, you know, you can see more about the personality of the artist because a lot of people, their favorite artist is like their three-year-old kid. Kid sucks at drawing, but they love the kid. So they'll still put little paintings and drawings on the board or on the, uh, on the fridge. And it's the same thing for artists. Like there's some people that just take photos of their paintings. You don't even know what they look like, what they do for life. But then there's some people that, you know, they show pictures of the personality and show pictures of who they are. And uh, I think that you can see that there's a higher correlation to them having, you know, utilizing Instagram as it should be. You know, it's a way to kind of advertise who you are. And, and then the rest kind of follows. All that to say, my Instagram is terrible for, 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 for <laughs> Freeman Art Company. It's so shitty. Because I have one that's just Freeman Art Company and the one that's for the podcast. And uh, yeah, it's just a one. I'm just so bad at it. I've hardly even tried. I've, I've opened up Photoshop a few times where I'll go into Canva and try to create some content. And it's just probably my biggest issue overall. So I probably shouldn't be talking too much about it. But I've noticed it with other artists. And whenever I talk to somebody and they don't have an Instagram, nine times out of 10, they're just like over the age of 70 or 60. And so it kind of makes sense why they, they wouldn't be on there. But yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that there might be artists out there that don't have an Instagram account. Yeah, there are. I, I, I've i met a few, you know, and it's it's OK, you know, more power to them. Uh, there's some artists that are um, they're so they're either well known or they have representation that they don't need it because they have somebody that does you know the the contacting and everything for them um others just uh they really don't like the idea of social media and how you know how much of a twister it is so i i i understand that as well but for me i just i i know it's just a part of my business especially because if i'm going full-time i need to have i need to be available through that at, at the very least um sometimes people try to reach out to me or th they tell me Oh, I only have Facebook. So I said, okay, I'm sorry, but, but, you know, I don't have, I'm not on Facebook, but here's my email or here's my website. You can look at my stuff through there. Um, so I, me personally, it works for me because it can start a conversation of a sale or somebody might want to look at my stuff after seeing my work in person. And then they start scrolling through and they say, whoa, this person actually does a lot or has, is having a show next week. You know, I definitely, promote my shows on Instagram, you know, or anything I'm involved in. So that's a good way to, uh, to find out what I'm doing or my website. So. Good. So do you, do you do any prints or do any merchandise or kind of how does, how do you do handle that side of your business? Uh, yes. I, I know that some people, um, use different platforms and I personally like having prints and shirts available. Um, when uh, when anyone asks, I can always share that link. So it is it is a nice tool for artists. And I do use um, uh, POD, which is print on demand. So you can always upload your work, high quality images to uh, certain websites. And then they either, you know, print and ship everything for you, whether it's shirts or mugs or anything like that. So uh, I've tried so many different ones. Uh, right now I'm using Teespring for the shirts. And uh, for prints, I have um, I'm using a few. So uh, definitely on my website, you can you can find that. And what what is it 
uh, about prints that you're really trying to accomplish uh, as opposed to just originals? I just uh, I just like having different price ranges uh, for for clients. You know, I I I always want to try to meet clients halfway, and definitely, you know, if I can just focus on originals, that would be great. But um, sometimes, you know, not everybody can pay uh, for a piece that's hundreds of dollars or something like that, or or you know, two hundred, or, or I'd rather have something that's more accessible. So. Um, I, I really do care about art being accessible, but it does take work and time and talent to uh, to get to a certain level. And that's why um, my price ranges vary. But for prints, I usually, you know, I would keep them under 100 bucks, oh, nice. uh, much less than that. So uh, it depends on it depends on the, the quality and the size of the print. But um, especially if it's a if it's a website that's providing that service for me and for the client then yeah you know it's going to be pretty inexpensive so I, I don't i don't focus too much on prints but again i just liked having it available in case anybody uh would prefer that or asks for that i say oh yes i actually do have uh a link if you if you want prints uh sent to your house or a t-shirt so and you get um, the you get the yeah. prints from the same website as the merchandise uh no i think uh the Teespring just does shirts and other, you know, garments, direct to garment stuff. Um, and then print places, there's a, there's a bunch. I can't, I can't list them off because by the time, by the time somebody hears this, I might be using a different one. Uh, Cause I like, I like to hop around or see, see what's better, what's better quality. So, and again, that, that people can do research on YouTube. That's what I did during the pandemic. And uh and I have those links on my website just just for the uh, for the option in case somebody prefers prints because some people like to collect prints. Yeah, absolutely. It's because it's cheaper and it accomplishes yeah, a lot like, of the same like, things. Like band posters, you know, uh, covering your walls. Sometimes they like having different prints uh, throughout their room or their their uh, yeah. their hallways. Uh, do you ever embellish the prints, like paint over it a little bit? Uh, for one specifically, yes, um, I did. I I did my first uh, handmade screen print. Um, at this point, it's about a year ago in Puerto Rico, con uh, um, la serigrafica PR. So it, there's a there's a print studio that opened up in um, in uh, Rio Piedras, which is a town in uh, Puerto Rico, and they're they're really good, high quality stuff. Um, Again, that's also linked through my website, but I I reached out to someone or I think they reached out to me and we met in New York first and we started talking. I was talking with, with a, a gentleman named Oscar. Shout out to Oscar. And uh, he met me in New York. We had a great time. We saw some live music. We hung out with friends. And uh, and I said, the next time I go to Puerto Rico, I want to uh, let's let's make something. Let's make a limited series. So we did a limited series of 50 prints. And I drew one of my characters, uh, Vejigante, which is a very iconic Puerto Rican uh, folk symbol. And uh, and we did a we did just a, a short run of fifty, which is all handmade screen princes, multi layer, multi stencils, different colors. And then at the end, uh, by hand, I outlined every character with white paint, and then I signed it and numbered it. So each and every nice. one is a hundred percent. 100 uh you know unique no 
it's not a machine that's cranking it out. It was all screen printed by hand and then embellished and outlined painted mm -hmm. by hand. So it was a, it's a nice uh, run and it was oh, received man. very well. And in Puerto Good. Rico, it was received very well. So I'm, I'm super uh, uh, thankful for that, you know? Good. Yeah. I think that, that doing the print and then embellishing over it is one of the smartest ways to produce a lot more art uh, because I think that it looks cool. It's more consistent. Uh, you can still get the texture. You can still get, you know, all the beautiful visuals and the, uh, that kind of unique factor, but and mm -hmm. especially the added aspect that it's like a set in a set, like a limited set, uh, for some reason it's really appealing. I know originals are like one of one, but knowing that you're part of a part of a little other gang that has kind of similar, you know, print with a little bit different embellishment. I don't know. It looks mm -hmm. cool. I see this, uh, Vigahante Primavera. Mm -hmm uh yeah yeah definitely where is that folk like what's the folk story behind that right so vejigante is uh is it's basically a uh a spiritual uh demigod or or uh yeah like a translator so um just know that in puerto rican caribbean culture you know not just in pr but in a few other islands um a lot of the african uh, imports really it comes from slavery you know we're mixing with the locals the indigenous people and so many symbols and and music and and you know uh cultural ideas come from the african slaves mixing with indigenous people while being co colonized by spain so this is three different tornadoes that are mixing and whatever's coming out whatever you're seeing is basically from these three at least in in the the um, the spanish-speaking uh countries in in the caribbean so a uh, vejigante is uh is it's supposed to look scary it has uh sharp teeth and a long snout a bunch of horns but they're beautiful masks that people still make today and they're made to actually scare off evil spirits or bad you know bad juju so to speak so um it's a uh, it's more of a positive symbol um and it's to this day it's used in uh in a lot of uh festivals and carnivals and there's different names for it in in other islands but in pr it's vejigante and uh and it does have um ties to spaniard culture but then coming into the islands getting mixed with the indigenous and, and afro cultures um this is where the vejigante comes from and it's it's mainly a translator uh between the the human world and the spiritual world like to talk to the other gods in uh jorua religion which again is afro afro um influence that is very interesting yeah because mm -hmm. i mean mexico mexico has masks i feel like a lot of the i'm trying to google to see if uh spain because yeah there is a festival in spain where they have a lot of masks yeah uh, spanish carnival yeah yeah i mean right. carnival came from spain and portugal so it makes sense with all the masks that they have right. mexico is big on it um yeah that's super interesting it's, it's like a little anthropology thing i'll have to dig into later it, it is like a, a, sl a slipknot band yeah <laughs> they play, they so play I, a little kumbaya yeah and there is you know there's there's there is a timeline going and you know there's a lot of again folklore stories or you know this happened in this time in in spain let's say and then 
people got influenced and then brought it here but then it, it the idea of it changed once it hit the islands so there's a there's a lot of you Evolution. know uh timelines yeah or, or debate but definitely it's uh um in the current state it's uh it's meant as something to ward off bad spirits you know if you have a that's vegigante cool. in your house that's to me i i i equate it to like a dream catcher um okay. so so uh and then and and in in the island of puerto rico there's a lot of artisans that make beautiful ceramic you know uh sculptures that are the masks that are they're not meant to be worn but they're they're just for display and mm -hmm. other people wear them and they make them you know for for people that are in um in parades and things like that and it's very colorful and but with a lot of teeth and uh and horns so uh that's how my my characters my my interpretation my graffiti abstract interpretation of that is uh is with a lot of teeth and horns and and i just i bring my own style to it yeah, I like it. Uh, you. you should make a mask that looks just like your the dude with the yellow background. Yeah, I I'm I'm getting ready to actual actually do physical masks. I'm uh, I'm excited oh, for nice. that. Nice. Yeah, that'd yeah. be pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Let's see the second. Uh, okay, so galleries. Let's talk a little bit about galleries and kind of how you've managed that as an artist and. Uh, kind of what you look like what, what you're looking toward to do with galleries in the future um since they they take a good bit of your commission but they also or they take a good bit out of the the total amount that you're selling the art for but they can get the art sold so i don't know i'm just curious what you think about them yeah there's a that's definitely a big topic for visual artists that that could be its own podcast really you know mm -hmm. <laughs> but um one thing I, I would say is that the only way to to learn how to navigate uh, gallery spaces or to showing your art or meeting people or networking with people, other artists, other curators, people that are in charge with spaces is to go to gallery shows. There's a lot of artists that are out there that they, they're probably uh, extremely talented or maybe they don't even know how talented they are, but um, people might get discouraged or they feel like, oh, why am I not getting these opportunities or why am I not involved? But uh, a huge reason of that is that you have to put yourself out there and network and talk to people, get used to talking about your artwork and um, and seeing what other people are doing and kind of trying, trying out different things. There's a lot of different um, models for galleries. And um, I just think that, you know, different things work for different people. I always say every space works differently uh, as far as commission or maybe they charge up front, which I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but sometimes you gotta start where where you can, you know, so um, uh, just to get your feet wet. Right. So for, for me right now, I uh, I am enjoying uh, curating group shows with, uh, with, artists in my community and and uh and meeting meeting new people and networking you know i like to work with new people every time and i uh i would always try to uh think of a concrete theme or you know proposal where everybody can be on board or interpret in their own way in their own uh, art form and then propose it to a space and say look you know uh, i'm not sure what your timeline is looking like but um, I, I have this idea or a proposal that I'd like to, to do, 
uh, it's, uh, if this is something that you're interested in, I would love to sit down and, and speak more about it. So um, one thing I was saying earlier was uh, that when you're, when did we get cut off or no? No, you're good. It was uh, the like the audio changed a little bit, but you're back on white, so it was on red for a second. Okay, no worries. Are you good? Yeah. So, so uh, I was saying that uh, you know it's good to to have a concrete proposal and and have that ready. And one thing I would say is that if you're ever at the point where you want to show your work to a space or join a group show or, or something like that, uh, especially if you don't. Uh, if you're starting from scratch, if you're going in cold, you should always have the work ready. You should always be prepared before even uh, approaching anyone, because sometimes uh, you might be in a conversation and it's going well. And, you know, you let them know you're an artist. Oh, yeah. You know, what are you doing? Or so. So what do you want to show? But if but if you don't have that work ready now, you're you look like an unprepared person that you just you just like the idea of having a show. Right. Exactly. You like, you like, yeah, you like the idea of putting your work in this space, but you don't have you don't even have the work. It's physically not made yet. So right. so uh, it's uh, you do have to um, be a bit more prepared when you're get, getting to that level of uh, of sending proposals or talking to people. You know, you should already have the idea and the work basically ready to go, because, mm -hmm. uh, again, you might you might be surprised at how receptive they are. Um, so it's good to be prepared. And uh, and then, you know, sometimes you, you might have friends or, or artists meet, meet like-minded people that do group shows pretty frequently. And if you could jump in that, I say do it just to, again, get your feet wet, understand, the, you know, spectators and hear people's feedback, whether it's good or bad. I think you have to do all these things um, mm -hmm. if you want to be showing your work. And some people just thrive and live off social media and that's fine too you know but uh for me at least in new york city i i do enjoy uh showing work uh physically because you could look at all the textbooks in the world you could see everything on social media on your phone but it's nothing like seeing the real thing so you gotta you gotta get yourself out there mm -hmm. i i like what you said about having like pretty much like a portfolio if you ever go speak to somebody even having your instagram is good but more like a leather bound portfolio if you show some images of what you've done or a little a few of the accolades or, or whatever it really just comes off as more professional uh any, anybody that i've met for freeman art company the two the two guys that i've met uh yeah they, it's funny because they bring their little portfolios if like i'm gonna be like oh i don't know about this you know uh but i'm always like yeah this is pretty impressive you know so basically the formula to create a, a show is to gather a few buddies, pick a theme, and then try to find a, a location that you guys can present at and or you know, showcase. Yeah. And then you just go up to the owner and talk basically what what is it going to take? Are you going to take um, commission or some money up front? And then you all just throw your own show. Yeah, you know, and that's that that is in a nutshell. It definitely sounds easier, easier said than done. But right. uh, but that, that is it in a nutshell, you know, or even if it's a solo show, you should have a healthy body of the work done or with some good, good quality photos. So that, again, when you're going in cold uh, to a place where you don't have a relationship with them, but you know that they, they do show work or this might be an interesting place to show the work. 
you should have some high quality photos with a, a one page proposal of, hey, this is what we want to do. Um, would you like to do this sometime in the future, schedule permitting, you know, whatever your your schedule is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the, sometimes the gallery or the space might say, yeah, but, you know, we're busy until two years from now. And I'll and I'm going to tell you something that I didn't know uh, at the time. But if somebody says I'm interested, but two years from now, take it, take it serious. Don't brush it off. Take it because I I, I uh, I've I've shot myself down in the past by myself talking to actual gallery owners and they were like, oh, yeah, that's great. So are you free three years from now? And and uh, and I kind of I thought that they were they were kind of shutting you off. Down. yeah yeah and i said oh okay no no worries like i'm sorry and then and then the the gallery person threw it right back at me and said oh well then i guess you know if if you if you don't see yourself making art 3 years from now then that's okay like they, he just threw it right back at me nice. and and i walked away well not really <laughs> it wasn't nice for me cuz cuz i i walked away saying damn i i i started the conversation and it was going my way, but then I shot myself down because I thought he yeah. was brushing me off. But he, this was just a busy uh, space that had their shit together. So I it's a good lesson it. to learn. That's why it's right. always good. So I'm I'm really sharing this one because uh, that 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 was the last time I ever shot myself down or said, "Oh yeah, no, I can't I can't pl- plan that far ahead." Or you know, I. Yeah, I think he said like, oh yeah, you know, some people, some people don't don't know how long they're gonna be in New York. You know, he, he didn't know who I was, so so he 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 just thought like, oh, this is just a kid that that uh, right. he just wants to show now, but he he doesn't know where he's gonna be in three years, and they don't want to work with somebody like that. So I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, so I I really hope that people uh walk away with that lesson, you know, and and uh, all those lessons that I've had, it's because I was throwing myself in the in the fire and you have to you have to make mistakes and learn um what to say what not to say to who mm-hmm. uh uh just just so you can kind of gauge that that uh that field that crazy field of art and and again i think this goes with any field that anyone is going to it doesn't have to just be creatively but you have to uh have those conversations or or you know put yourself in the unknown position so you can you can learn from those uh those mistakes yeah no that's really well put mm-hmm. all right let's uh pause, stop this recording and hop back on is that cool we got, got one it. minute all right we'll see how we'll just go back to the invite and just redo it well galleries anything else you want to mention about galleries yes so um i i just you know i really want to pin down the vast <laughs> you know uh approach to galleries because like it, it is it is a big topic but i think to start the best thing to do is to be going to uh gallery shows just to understand what the industry or what certain people uh do or or how they approach or how they go about showing work and writing about it talking about it um displaying it curating it so i just uh i think that the the first thing the bottom line is you have to go to shows um before before you say oh i want to be in a gallery i want to be in a museum um and uh 
and and you'll find out what you like or you'll find those like-minded people you'll find your community or or you know discover that that uh that you might be able to be putting your own shows together in the future but i think that can only happen once you're already involved in a few group shows a few uh different exhibits different spaces just to just to um break the ice and understand uh what you're looking for what what works for you so you go to gallery shows every week you would say try to network and meet more people uh, yes i try I, I try to go at least once a week if i can at least you know in new york city it's it's hard not to and um and now since i i'm going full-time for my art it's i i definitely have more time to schedule uh to see shows and uh and a, a, another big thing is that you know i don't want to go to the same spaces all the time i want to try to get out of my comfort zone and maybe go into a show that i don't know anyone i don't know the artist i don't know the space i want to see all right let, let me check out what 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 they're about or you know i don't want to just get stuck in the bubble because i think in in certain art communities people can easily start getting into clicks and this happens uh not just in new york but i, I think this happens uh around the world and um i uh i'm not a fan of that i think it's good to uh to have friends or, or meet people and network with different people outside of your bubble but sometimes people get get part of a bubble and they think that they're solid and they just they go to each other's shows and each other's spaces and now you're going to the same party every day it's not uh i i don't think that's uh that's healthy as an artist uh it's good to put yourself out of your comfort zone so on the note of networking what else are you doing to try to meet more not only just artists and like art professionals of any kind but uh customers and potential clients and all that good stuff yeah i um so i think i was saying earlier that the only social media i use is instagram um everybody uses different things but as a visual artist uh for recording and things like that it's instagram is a great tool and most people have it so uh i you know i don't i don't go around giving my instagram hey follow me follow me follow me i i don't not a huge fan of that um but sometimes you know you you get in a conversation and and if if somebody asks about your work uh or they say you know oh can do you ha do you have an instagram can i see it yeah you know go 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 for it check it out and and uh i always say you know if you like anything uh please shoot me a dm you know and that's it that's just a nice easy way to put the ball in their court or say you know i'm available if you want to reach out to me you you're putting your you're raising your hand and saying hey you know if you like what you see or if there's something that that catches your eye feel free to message me it's not just like yeah look at my instagram and and buy peace uh, it's, that doesn't serve you or that doesn't make the the possible buyer feel good so i, I think it's nice to uh, be open um and uh and be proud of what you do and uh some people get really enthusiastic where they say, oh, I love your work and say, oh, well, you know, I actually have a show next month or next week. If you want to come, please come by. And now they can see it in real life. Now the whole relationship changes or the, the friendship changes or, you know, it now now it gets more real. So uh, it's it's good to um, to have shows lined up or to have something in the future to invite people to no matter who they are. 
because uh that that just makes you look more uh organized and um and somebody will say oh, okay this person's actually you know involved in things not just doing it for fun on instagram so um i think that's a uh, instagram is a good tool for that and for networking i uh i definitely you know if i get inspired by somebody's work let's say if i'm curating a show i say oh i really like your stuff i wouldn't I wouldn't propose anything to them unless I already had the idea. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go up to an artist and say, Oh, I love your work. I'd love to do something with you one day. Cool. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't know yet. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do that. Cause again, it's, it's better to be a little prepared. If I, if, yeah, if I have a theme or idea for a show uh, that I think that they would be great to be a part of, I say, Hey, you know, I'm actually doing a show about board games. Um, and your work is really awesome i think uh you can incorporate something in that are you available uh on on in this time sometimes it's a no sometimes they're not available it's like, okay no worries well maybe we'll do something in the future no big deal but at least you have something already in your mind uh it's okay to make friends too it's, it doesn't all have to be business you know i like that it's okay to make friends too that's a good point yeah actually and that goes with anything is uh, if you come prepared and just in terms of knowing what you're there for, like why you're asking someone or engaging with them, uh, it just seems so much more thought out. And people appreciate that, you know, it's like the guy that I remember I pitched the Freeman Art Company idea to this. I mean, it wasn't even a pitch. I was just chatting with a guy at this bar in Mexico and uh, he loved the idea and he was a really good developer. And so whenever we met later, he's like, this you is cut off again. Ah, shit. So whenever I was in Mexico, I met this developer out of this uh, beachside like pool bar, and uh, just was just chatting with him about the idea of Freeman Art Company. And so he's like, "Dude, I really like it. Let's meet up later." So whenever we met up, it was just so impressive because he's like, "Hey, I like this idea because of these reasons. And if I were to get on board, this is exactly what I would do. What technologies I would use. Here's what I need, and this is when I'd be done." And then moving forward, this is how I would handle it. And it was just so laid out. I mean, it was truly a dream that someone was like, yeah, here, I want to join and just take equity and I'll use this, 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 and that, and do this, this, and that, and it'll be done this time, and yada, yada. And just knowing that how he said it was like, it was so professional, you wanted to work with him, you know? And I'm sure it goes like that for artists as well. If you're trying to put together a show or just network with people, you know, being a little bit more intelligent about, you know, Okay. See, I oh, you really like this because of these colors. Great. Well, you know, if you wanted to buy some other stuff, I have a lot of you know a new series coming out with these colors. I can reach out. One thing that I think is interesting, I want to ask is if you do any type of like newsletter or have people sign up. You know, doing it like weekly is ridiculous, but like a biannual type of newsletter where it's just like every two, uh, twice, you know, every six months, will I shoot you just a email, just an update, kind of on where I'm at in my career and some pieces that are available and you can follow me on Instagram otherwise or anything like that. Mm, I definitely do. I, I, I totally believe in that. And uh, maybe it seems old school to some people, but I do love uh, emails because uh, it's just another avenue that I can contact someone that's less invasive, let's say, than uh, texting or shooting a DM. So um, what I, what I normally do, and this is, this is me, uh, right now just you know spelling out the uh the bread and butter um i i would have a flyer for a show i have the date 
in the place and everything. Um, I would create a Eventbrite, which is free to use. And then uh, once people are RSVPing for that, uh, can you hear the noise in the background? Uh, barely, you're good. I don't, Sorry. I don't hear anything. Okay, so um, so I would I would uh, create the flyer, uh, create a Eventbrite, which is free to use, and it's a tool that I really do like using. And that Eventbrite will um, have all the information, the location, and RSVP. So people are RSVPing, so they they reserve a uh, space. Or now I know the amount of people that are coming to the show. So I'm collecting those emails and then I connect it or yeah, I connect my Eventbrite with MailChimp. So there's a lot of newsletter or email blast services. I use MailChimp. And again, that's free up to a certain point. Uh, I think after your contact list gets to a, a big number, uh, you have to start paying. But right now I don't. And uh, and all my all the emails that are RSVPing are now being put into my contact list in MailChimp. Now for the next show, apart from posting on social media, I can send a blast to all those people who just went to my last show. So I already know that they wanted to come to my show anyway. Even even the people who couldn't make it, they 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 consciously RSVP'd for this art show that was happening, you know, in New York City. So hey, there's a, there's a I have a show coming next month or whatever. Now it's just a compounding thing where I keep I keep rolling, and every time I do an event, I collect at least a hundred new emails, and my my uh, my contact list keeps growing. And so now I'm at the point where if I have a show or two shows, I'll uh, I'll send a blast email to all those nice people who RSVP'd for previous shows in in the year. So uh, I think it's it's beneficial for everybody. And uh, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, and again, this is something I learned on YouTube. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just letting you know uh, the way that I use it, and uh, and that's something that's another black hole that you could jump into, and uh, and see what other people are doing. But I think it's emails are a good tool, and I have friends, you know, close people that they're busy, they have work or something. And say, hey, you know, I'm sorry I couldn't make it, but I always get your emails, and they people do let me know. Hey, I I get your emails, so they they do see it. Um, and the nice thing with all these tools, uh, especially with MailChimp, you can see all the the um, insights and you could see how many people on your list opened, how many people clicked on the link. You know, it's very uh, um, integrative and, and it, it shows it shows, all you know, what what's the what what time was the most people opening my email. So so I learn over time and. You know, now I, I I choose a specific time when I send out the blast, and then, yeah, it's a it's it's a learning curve, but that's what I'm doing now. That's cool. So, what what are you hoping to be doing in the future? Like looking forward uh, as this year unfolds, and as you keep growing in your career, um, kind of what are you hoping to see everything become? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I I know it sounds cliche, but I I do believe in manifesting. Um, it's been working for me so far, and uh, right now I I do see myself having um, uh, a small, decent studio space that I can host and invite people to come and visit me and see my work, uh, not just virtually, but they can come to my studio and you know see see what I'm working on, and uh, maybe I could even host and do some tiny shows, little pop ups. 
uh, with other artists and uh, having having my own private studio space now that I have the doors open, I can I can work when I want and it's close to home um, and just continually curating shows. Um, I really do enjoy it and I don't I don't really promote myself as a curator, but because uh, I feel like I wear many hats, but that is something that I do like doing uh, for myself and as an artist just to create different opportunities and to um, create that snowball effect because we don't know where it's going, but I I do know that I'm not going to stop creating art and creating opportunities for people. And I, uh, I want to do it even outside of New York. Um, I would love to curate shows and organize and help promote artists in Puerto Rico, uh, let's say, because there's so many beautiful, talented people out there. And there's there's so many other cities and so many other places where where that's the case. So that's why I um I really don't believe in competition. I think that there's enough for everybody. And for me, I just see myself curating and having my own private studio space. That's awesome. Where are you gonna get a studio space? Um, well, it looks like I might be moving to Jersey City, which is very close to Manhattan. And uh there's some new places uh that are popping up out there that are less expensive. Um, or maybe even in Queens. I don't know. Um, I I can't really say. That all depends on many factors, but the bottom line is that I would like to um have a space where I can, you know, just a nice office where I have paint and all my stuff and you know, it's not all uh scattered throughout my house. <laughs> the three different boroughs, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh it's kind of crazy where I'm at right now. <laughs> I like it. Well, that's good. That's how it kind of should be. But awesome. So, yeah. if people wanted to follow you or, or uh, reach out, what what do you suggest? Um, I usually suggest my Instagram, which is my last name NYC. That's uh, Bermeo NYC, B E R M E O NYC. And uh, from there, that leads to my website and and all of the links. And you could see uh, the shows that are um that are coming up or i always love sharing when when people buy any piece of work and and i always post uh as much as i can on that um or my website which is my just my full name adrianbermio.com um and uh hopefully when this is posted there's some kind of uh description that has that but uh either my website or email okay perfect. sorry my, my i either my my instagram or my website Perfect. Yes, I will put it in the bio or in the description for the post. So it'll thank be there. You. Absolutely. Well, dude, thank you so much for hopping on the call again. I appreciate it. It was fun being able to chat some more, just get a little bit more FaceTime. Yeah, it's cool. You know, Houston to, to Queens is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, and if I hope, hopefully make it up there, we'll see how the future unfolds. But like I said, I'm trying to make it to New York before the end of the year. So I haven't gone since like 2017. So it's been a while. No, let me know. I will. You have a guy now. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. I'll talk to you later, Adrian. All right. Nice talking. Peace.